So to start with, we're going to have a word of prayer. So if you'd like to stand and join with me. Our Father in heaven, the only true and living God, with whom there is no variableness, and who is the rock, the fortress, the high tower and our deliverer. We thank you that we can join together at the beginning of a new calendar year to share fellowship, to read from your inspired word, to sing praises together and to encourage each of us as we continue our walk kingdomward. We pray for those that cannot be with us and who would have wanted to. We pray that you'll seek a blessing to them as they each have need. And we pray that the things that we do this evening will rise to you as a sweet savour and be an encouragement to us also. And so this meeting and time together we commit into your care through your Son and the Captain of our salvation, even the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's down, it's down as a praise evening and this is going to be a combination of me talking while I last, uh, readings from scripture by brethren and him singing together. If I don't join in some of the hymns, it's not because I don't want to, but it's because I'm saving my voice. Okay, so the theme for tonight is Hallelujah. And if we look around us, perhaps particularly more in America, but still here as well, we can see examples of the word or the name perhaps used um, to name a boat or a street name, um, or indeed used as something in a subway station. But ask the question, who really understands what this word means? Do we fully understand what it means, what it contains, what it points and looks forward to? And so through the course of our short time together, hopefully it will just be a reminder for us, or indeed we may learn something new to encourage us all of the importance of Hallelujah. So we'll begin um, in the Old Testament, looking at the Hebrew. Strong's gives it two numbers, uh, 1984 and 3050. And it's a compound of two words. The first being praise. It's translated praise 71 times from the Hebrew. Uh, and Yah, capital L-O-R-D in our Bibles. Um, Yah, the name of God. And it's these two joined together which mean praise of Yah. And this is a compound occurs. Um, at least, I'll say at least 26 times in the Old Testament um, and all of these occurrences are in the book of Psalms perhaps not surprisingly but that's where they are and so we're going to start by looking through a number of the Psalms together to look at uh, this topic of Hallelujah and then we'll echo some of those in, in the hymns that we sing uh, together in praise to our God so Perhaps not surprisingly, we're going to start in the Hallel Psalms as their term. So these are Psalms 113 to 118. These are traditionally known as the Hallel, which I put it in um, quotation marks. Uh, and these are traditionally sung at the Feast of Passover, of Pentecost and Tabernacle. Now, there isn't any um, internal evidence from the scripture itself um, about these being called or the Hallel Psalms. Um, but as Brother Tennant says in his books, there's no reason to doubt this, what is a very long-standing tradition from the Jews. And so, um, Psalm 113 and 114 themselves, which we're going to start, um, are sung before the Passover meal, and the remaining Psalms are then after the meal. So we're going to begin with Psalm 113, and Brother Joe Hart's going to read that for us. Psalm 113. 
reading together then brothers, sisters and young people Psalm 113 Psalm 113 Praise ye Yahweh Praise O ye servants of Yahweh Praise the name of Yahweh Blessed be the name of Yahweh from this time forth and forevermore From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same Yahweh's name is to be praised Yahweh is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto Yahweh our God, who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill, that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye, Yahweh. Thanks, uh, Brother Joe. And so this psalm here that we've just had read begins with hallelujah. So we've got in, in the King James Version, praise ye the Lord or praise ye Yahweh. Um, and this occurs several times through the Hallel Psalms, and it is a, it is a pattern. Now, interestingly, then to this Psalm 113, it calls for the servants of the Lord, verse one, to consider the greatness of God, and goes on to explain some reasons why He should be praised, and why indeed we, as those who worship and follow the Lord Jesus Christ, should give vocal expression to these feelings and to give praise to our God. Now we all gathered here tonight, at least those to the water of baptism and those aspiring to be, are servants of the Lord. And this psalm is one example of many of the verses we can see through scripture that call for the servants of the Lord to praise God. And so it's fitting here, before we go any further, that we do praise our God and we're going to echo um, the words that we've just read in Psalm 113. So we're going to be singing together hymn 87. And just an example, an importance of some of our, many of our hymns that do call on scripture we can see some examples there taken from um, the verses in Psalm 113 and then echoed in the verse structure that we're going to sing together so uh, hymn 87 
13 and echoed those words uh, in praise. And as we said, it's not a psalm for all people. And it's important in our study tonight of this word hallelujah because it's for, it calls, the servants of the Lord or for Yahweh. It's for those who rejoice in the purpose of God and who yoke themselves to his service. And this tied with the emphasis on the name of Yahweh itself we'll see picked up um, in Revelation where we're going to go to later. So keep that in your mind because it's an important and core theme to what we're going to talk about. So look at Psalm 113 verse 4. Um, the Lord Yahweh is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Uh, translated by other versions and perhaps better translated as upon the heavens. Um, and here is a reference to the glory of God being revealed, revealed in the millennial age in the new heavens uh, politically in Jerusalem which again we'll read of uh, when we look at uh, Revelation later. In verses 6 and 7, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the needy out of the dunghill. And that can be an exhortation for us, can't it, brothers and sisters? Our God, as great as he is, the creator of heaven and earth, has humbled himself to behold the things that are on the earth. And he raises up the poor out of the dust. And that should be us, brothers and sisters. Of course, it's not that uh, material poverty is to be replaced with material plenty, but rather it's a poverty of spirit. It's a recognition of our own position as a sinful, failing creature before God. It is those of whom Jesus speaks in Matthew 5 and verse 3 in well-known words, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we'll see how hallelujah links in with the kingdom so strongly. So next psalm, then we're going to go on to, uh, in this Hallel passage, is Psalm 117, just a short one, and Brother Sam Ridgway is going to read that for us, Psalm 117. <coughs> psalm 117. O oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations, praise him, all ye people, for his merciful kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endureth for ever. Praise ye the Lord. Thanks, Brother Sam. So again, we can start to see a picture and a theme linked with uh, Hallelujah being painted here, and we'll see this uh, fulfilled or, or linked strongly to in Revelation. This song of praise can be seen again prophetically to be taken up by the redeemed and becoming a tremendous appeal to the peoples of the whole world to join in the worship of Yahweh. And so it is then prophetically the preaching um, of the redeemed to that mortal population. And before we sing this one, we are going to sing this one together again, but before we sing it together, um, notice uh, that we have mercy and truth mentioned together as essentials for salvation. If we just flick back um, to Psalm 85. Psalm 85, I'm going to read um, verse 7 to 10. Psalm 85, verse 7. So show us thy mercy, O Lord Yahweh, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what the Lord or God, the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints. 
but let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. So verse 7, show us uh, thy mercy and grant us thy salvation. Verse 7 and then verse 10, so mercy and truth are met together. And if we look then back at what we just read in Psalm 117, in verse 2, for God's merciful kindness, speaking of God's mercy, is great towards us, and the truth of Yahweh endureth forever. So he's talking about a time of salvation ultimately, and we've got the importance there of the link um, between mercy and truth going together as important attributes um, prior to salvation and before salvation. So I said we're going to sing this one. Um, so this one is uh, hymn 57. This is um, taken as a direct quotation from uh, Psalm 117. So we'll sing together now hymn 57. want to sing to stop yourself from joining in so as we said there are at least um, 26 verses or passages that contain hallelujah in the psalms and we can't examine all of them tonight my voice certainly wouldn't be able to do it justice but we're going to before we go to the end of the book of psalms we're going to look at one more occurrence um, and this is psalm 148 and Brother Tim is going to read that for us, Psalm 148. 
Psalm 148. Praise ye Yahweh. Praise ye Yahweh from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heaven of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of Yahweh, for he commanded, and they were created. He hath also established them for ever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. Praise Yahweh from the earth, ye dragons and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapours, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of Yahweh, for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalteth the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, even of the children of Israel, a people near unto him. Praise ye Yahweh. Thank you, Brother Tim. And what a list that gives us, brothers and sisters, in that Psalm 148. I've listed some, not necessarily all of them, but some of them on the slide. Um, angels, all his hosts, to praise God. The sun, the moon, and the stars, to praise God. The heavens and the firmament. Creation, dragons and all deeps. The weather and the power associated with it. Mountains, hills, trees. All animals on the earth and all the fowl of the skies. Kings, princes, judges, young men, maidens, old men and children, and Israel. David then, through inspiration, is making it very clear that we all have a duty to praise God. Now, interestingly, a mountain, um, for example, cannot praise God explicitly as we may not think of it. But for us observing creation, be it a mountain, be it a tree, be it a beautiful view, we can see God's handiwork. For only he and no one or no thing else could have created or caused it to evolve. And so this is giving praise to God and should energise us when we see these things and wonder at the beauty of these things to give praise to God also. And so the fact that they are there, it speaks and gives praise to God. But we're going to echo these words together from, from this psalm, um, and it's hymn 72. Um, this one is, uh, has a, an author, a Christadelphian author, and if you know in time or while you're singing it, you go through and look how, how well uh, the author has taken the words of Psalm 148 and the, the pith and marrow and, and the real essence of it and strung them into these words and then put them to music. It's quite a beautiful thing. So let's sing together hymn 72.
you. I forgot to mention before we go on any further that him reminded me, uh, speaking at the end of verse 4, his people's horn doth raise, and we read in Psalm 148, even of the children of Israel. And we'll see if we haven't already how hallelujah is the culmination of all things, and of course Israel is central to that as well as the chosen people of God. So, uh, I said one more psalm. So one more psalm uh, it, while we're there, and this is at the end of the book of Psalms, and it's Psalm 150, and our brother Don Pierce is going to read that for us. Psalm 150. Psalm 150. Praise ye Yahweh. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise Yahweh. Praise ye Yahweh. Thank you, Brother Don. And so this chapter then... So we're just on a whistle-stop tour through a few of the psalms, but we know the book of Psalms. And this is a fitting end to that book. So many of the psalms call for us to praise God, or indeed are themselves examples of us, or how we should praise God. And now the psalmist calls for us to praise the Lord, to praise Yahweh um, with all our strength. And let everything that hath breath praise Yahweh as well. There we are. So many, many of the psalms then, um, as we've said, begin or end with hallelujah and the King James Version, praise ye the Lord, praise ye Yahweh. And this is um, the end of all things. And whatever else we think, brothers and sisters, it's important that we must all give praise to God. Give praise to Yahweh and to his name for all he has done and for all he does continue to do for us. And it's not merely by saying the word hallelujah. But as we know, it's transforming our lives. If you come with me to Hebrews, the New Testament. In Hebrews 13. Well-known words from... From Hebrews 13 and verse 15. And by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. The sacrifice of praise to God giving thanks to his name. Hallelujah. Praise ye Yah. 
it's not actually the word hallelujah itself because they're separated but it's description isn't it of hallelujah as we've been looking at and the verse before um, in Hebrews verse 14 we've still got it open uh, preceding that it says for here we have no continuing city but we seek one that is to come and that's our hope isn't it brothers and sisters the city of the the new kingdom the new Jerusalem which we'll look at in Revelation in a moment is what we're looking and longing for and so as you probably guess we're going to echo that psalm before we move on to the New Testament so this time it's hymn 75 um, So we're going to go on uh, into the New Testament now, looking at our theme of hallelujah. So in the Greek, Strong's gives number 239, uh, hallelujah. Of Hebrew origin, no surprise there, <laughs> praise ye, yeah. And you'll note at the bottom um, in red that this links <coughs> us to from Thayer's lexicon to Revelation 19, 1, 3, and then also verse 6. Um, and that's what we are going to be looking at then in the New Testament. Because in the Greek word, as we just looked at it, it only occurs um, in one book in Revelation and in one chapter in Revelation 19. Um, and so we're going to have that read together first. That's Revelation 19, the first seven verses. 
Revelation chapter 19 verses 1 to 7. And after these things, that's the vision of the destruction of Babylon. Babylon is fallen. After these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honour and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia. And her smoke rose up for ever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God and that sat upon the throne, saying, Amen. Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honour to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Thank you for that reading. So we're just going to look uh, in a bit of detail now at these verses from the beginning of Revelation 19. It's going to be a little heavier, more Bible classy for a short little period, so less singing. Um, but I think it's important, what is important, because it joins together the things we've been talking about and really is a culmination of what Hallelujah is, the importance of it, and looking forward to. So chapter 19 begins after these things, and as Brother Barney alluded to, um, the, the subsequent hallelujahs then are because of what's gone before and that is the description of the destruction of Babylon the Great and so that's important because events that we're going to look at are transacted after the great harlot's capital and the government has been destroyed by Yahweh and that's important so verse 1 then continues I heard a great voice of much people in heaven now the heaven here um, is taking our minds from Rome in chapter 18 and now to Jerusalem. And the heavens refers to the new government as set up in Jerusalem. Still in Revelation, you just want to turn back to chapter 4. Revelation 4 um, and verse 1. Revelation 4 and verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now the Greek text has the definite articles. It has the, and is referring to the heaven, and Young's literal translation and others um, like that have, have the article there as the heaven. And the heaven um, here is also described in Isaiah 65, if you want to turn there. Isaiah 65. Verse 
Isaiah 65, and I'm going to read uh, verse 17 to 19. Isaiah 65, verse 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and a people a joy, and I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people, and the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. And so here we see Isaiah drawing at the parallel between the new heavens and the Jerusalem of verse 18, as, he's, as he mentions it there. Um, and notice the joy and the rejoicing, and it's not about crying. Of course, this makes us think of praise again, which is our topic for tonight. And so the, the, the heaven of our chapter in Revelation is re- relating to that new government as set up in Jerusalem. And just some other references uh, from Revelation to heavens, talking about politically, 6.14, heavens departed. 12, uh, a woman gives birth to a son in heaven. A temple is seen as heaven. Heavens flee away, and so on and so forth. And we can see this uh, building a picture of a political heavens. But chapter 19, uh, verse 1 then continues, saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honour and power unto the Lord our God. And so the people of this new heavens, they sing Hallelujah. Now we need to notice here that they don't sing for salvation, glory and honour and power to be ascribed to the faithful Elohim, but rather to Yahweh. Why? Because it is by his power that the faithful saints obtain the victory over their foes. And so it is to Yah, to Yahweh, that praise is due. It's hallelujah. Now for those that remember uh, my grandpa, just a, a note to mention, when I was younger, um, start reading the Bible, he would say it's important to correctly enunciate hallelujah. Often you hear people when they're singing it or reading um, other people, the yah gets lost, it's hallelujah. And you lose the importance, and that's the yah part is the real important part. It's about God, it's about Yahweh, and it's about his name. And as Revelation 19 is telling us, and Brother Thomas expounds it in Eureka, it's not just a general praise, that's the important point. It's about praise to Yahweh because of his greatness, because of his power, because of his omnipotence, as we read in Revelation 19. And so here we read prophetically in Revelation of a time when hallelujah will be sung with an intenseness and an earnestness as never before, brothers and sisters, because we're not there. But at this point we will be there, the culmination of all things. And what a wonderful sound that will be. And so we're going to take that as a hymn before we carry on in Revelation, just take a break. We're going to echo these words. And again, I put up the parallels just to see how this hymn draws from the scripture record and so many quotes from the various verses Um, and the hymn we're going to sing together is hymn 89 
So the Hallelujah chorus um, continues then in verse 3. And again they said, Hallelujah. And a smoke rose up forever and ever. Now before um, I go any further, I'm just going to read you a, a short extract. This is from Brother Roberts', Roberts um, book, Lecture on the Apocalypse. Because I'm sure when uh, at least those of us who are musically minded uh, say the Hallelujah Chorus, and perhaps so many outside, um, we think of the, the very notable work done by Handel and the famous chorus in his work, The Messiah. But I'll just read you this bit from Roberts. Um, it made me smile. The civilised world has been made familiar with the Hallelujah Chorus by the splendid composition of Handel. But its real nature, its occasion and its meaning are by no means so generally understood as the music is appreciated. Handel himself had evidently a poor light on the subject, for in selecting from the apocalypse the words to be set to strains which are as nearly immortal as anything musical can be, at least in his days, he omitted the very pith and marrow of the song that pealed forth in John's hearing in a tumult of joy and praise, which he could only compare to the voice of many waters and the voice of mighty thunders. The pith and the marrow are contained in two items which Handel did not deem appropriate in his composition, though they formed part of the song that John heard. Number one, the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife <coughs> hath made herself ready. And number two, the Lord our God, and I quote, hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hands. Both are central and essential aspects of the crisis causing the joy and both are equally foreign to the theology in which Handel with the majority of people are born and bred. Interesting to note. Indeed it's true. The important part of this has been missed out. But I move on. So back to verse 3. Um, uh, said uh, and, and they said hallelujah or hallelujah and her smoke rose up forever and ever the and again here uh, is the greek word deuteron um, and is better translated a second time as other versions do uh, and there is without doubt a reason that much people a second time say hallelujah the first time was ultimately because of the success of the mission of the Second angel, just remind ourselves of that, Revelation 14 um, and verse 7. Revelation 14 and verse 7, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and sea and the fountains of waters. Think back to the Psalms that we talked about, Psalm 148, lists all the God's creation, these things contained in, that's why we should praise him. Verse 8, and there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And so this work was not complete. There was that remnant that remained. And so in between these two hallelujahs, we have the work of the third angel. So, so still in Revelation 14. Um, and then verse 9, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, 
If any man worship the beast and his image, think of the Babylonian uh, way of things, and receive his mark in their forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Verse 11, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up for ever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast and his image. And whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. And so the city of Babylon then was destroyed first, and then afterward the system. Those who remained, who had the mark of the beast in their person, rather than, as we know, the mark of God in their foreheads. The first hallelujah then praises Yahweh for the judgment administered on the city of Babylon, and the second is for the completion of the judgments as recorded. In verse 11 to 21 of our chapter, that's chapter 19. So verse 3, um, as we read, continues, and the smoke rose up uh, forever and ever. And this denotes a complete destruction. To burn forever and ever does not signify endless burning, but rather complete and utter destruction. The ever is the word aeon, signifying a time period as we know. And if you just turn back to Jude, if you saw your Bibles open in Jude... An example of this principle in Jude, um, verse 7. Jude 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. And so there we read of this eternal fire. We know where Sodom and Gomorrah is or was and we know it's not still flaming heap in Israel but it was completely destroyed there's nothing of it left we only know by piecing together pieces of history and digging down deep verse 4 then of chapter 19 we have this next occurrence of hallelujah so verse 4 and the 4 and 20 elders and the 4 beasts sorry chapter 19 verse 4 fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne saying Amen Alleluia and so the four and twenty elders and the four beasts are those initially introduced to us in Revelation 4 and are symbolic of the redeemed in their priestly and political manifestations at this point now in proceedings the it is done of the seventh vial will have been attained the battle of Armageddon is completed and we read these actions and occurrences prophetically in Psalm 72. Turn back there if you want. We'll just, we'll just read these words as we've been going into the psalm. Psalm 72. Um, psalm 72, verse 11, and then 17 to 19. Psalm 72, verse 11. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him, all nations shall serve him. Verse 17, his name, Yahweh, shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be Yahweh, God, the God of Israel, who only doeth, wondereth things. And blessed be his glorious name forever again, Yahweh, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and Amen. And so here are these things being uh, fulfilled in Revelation 19, verse 4. 
Um, again, note the praise of Yahweh, hallelujah, um, and how it links um, with verse 19, the earth be filled with his glory. You'll see that again as we know Numbers uh, 14:21. important, God's purpose with this earth. And so Revelation 19 and verse 4, because it will then be able to be said it is done, then the smoke ascends until complete destruction of Babylon and its system. Uh, that we read in verse 3 and now it can be said amen hallelujah and to quote from brother thomas in eureka all this that is that we've just looked at uh, is implied in the amen of the four and twenty elders and the four living ones they will conjoin with the hallelujah in its second utterance in verse 3 of our chapter because all these vast and glorious results are referable only to him who made heaven and earth god yahweh and so our final hallelujah occurrence in Revelation 19 um, and verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters and the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Now, as this hallelujah follows the Amen hallelujah of verse 4, Amen denoting the end, it's agreed generally that this hallelujah of verse 6 is going back to repeat in more detail the happenings of verse 1 to 5 of our chapter. Um, and to support this, we've already alluded to, the things recorded into verse 7 to 21 of chapter 19 are in also a more detailed account to the background to the judgment of verse 3. And so the hallelujah here in this verse is a repeat of the verse 1 from our chapter. So ultimately covered a lot of topics we've read lots and sung hymns but why hallelujah well the praise is only to god because only god is able to complete his purpose and to fulfill our hope He is the only one that has the power and the ability to complete the events that he's promised no one else can no one on this earth has that power although some may think they do and so it is to god to yahweh that we ascribe the praise and why Yahweh? Well, Yahweh is the memorial name. As we know, it signifies he who will be. It contains God's purpose to manifest his glory in the earth. We've talked about different, we've read that in Psalms, we read that in Revelation. Firstly, in an individual, in the Lord Jesus Christ, as Matthew one twenty three tells us. And secondly, in a, commun in a community of believers, First Thessalonians 1 verse 1. Revelation 14 and verse 1. Those whose names are written in their forehead, i.e. not those who have Babylon written in their forehead. And also because his name is prophetic of his future intentions. So that's why hallelujah is an important word. And there may all be things just to remind ourselves of tonight, but it's, it's good to remind ourselves of these and the importance of them. Now remember I started with, uh, well this is my second slide, some examples of where hallelujah has been used around the world today. You can see these things in the flesh. And you'll notice one of them is a road sign. Hallelujah Street Northwest. Now I did laugh when I saw this next slide, but it's, it's poignant really. This is Hallelujah Street. And at the other end of that street, if you go down on, on Street View on Google Maps, you see Hallelujah dead end because brothers and sisters those of the Babylonian system and have that mark in their forehead when they hear that hallelujah of Revelation 19 
it will be a dead end. Complete and utter destruction. So hallelujah from the, the Hebrew there. Hallelujah. Praise ye. Yah. And so we're going to conclude uh, our short time together by singing a hymn. A hymn 305 which brings all of these things that we talked about together. And there's a quote there on the screen which is going to sing all hallelujah swelling in one triumphant sound. This will be the only time when it can be truly sung as one. So from hymn 305, then please remain standing. Brother David Hunt is going to close in prayer. Hymn 305. Father, we seek to come into thy presence now. Thankful that we've been able to gather together this evening at the start of this new year to be exhorted to praise you, to be reminded of you being the all-powerful, the almighty God, the creator of the world, the one, the all-powerful one that promises us a future, a future to share in that coming kingdom upon this earth. Father, we do earnestly thank you for our ecclesia, that we can help each other as we walk towards that promised time. Father, with your great power, we know the day of salvation will come. And Father, we pray that it will be this year when our Master returns and we shall meet with him to share in that time and to help him to rule in the kingdom of men. So Father, we once again offer our thanks that we have been able to be together this evening and Ask, we ask a blessing on all our brethren and sisters at this time that our th their thoughts have been with us as we've shared this wonderful time together. And now, Father, we offer our thanks for the many material blessings that Thou dost bestow upon us. And at this time we give our offer our thanks for 
refreshments this evening. So we ask all these things through thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as we ask for a safe journey home and safety through this coming night. So be with us all now, Father, as we offer this prayer through thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.